right, sounds good. I mean, just like I talked to you guys, it's just like brushing your teeth. I mean, unless that's not one of your disciplines, hey, that, 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 that's, that's up to you. But uh, we have to apply these things in our life. Is it good? Sounds a little loud. Let's jump in in this. It's like an echo. I'm sorry. It's just driving me crazy. Let's jump right in. There we go. I think that's better. Uh, into the series, this next part of the series that is titled the nine-week challenge. But uh, right, as, uh, right before we do that, let me, let me talk to you guys. I just had to and wanted to share with you guys. Uh, let me talk to you guys about this amazing restaurant. You know I like to talk about food. This amazing restaurant that uh, I went to a little bit ago, and it was one of the best experiences that I have ever experienced. This place, man, it actually, it set the bar on how I'm going to judge food from now on. Have you guys been to one of those places? Huh? It was absolutely incredible. It's an amazing place. The ambience was amazing. You know, you just walk in and you just feel great. It was, it was super fun. It, was, it wasn't too classy for, you know, some of us, we want to make sure we're not walking in, you know, all, that we got to be all dressed up. But it was really unique. It was inviting. Um, the staff was perfect. It was engaging. It was funny. It was helpful. The appetizers, listen, be careful. Because when you start <clears throat> taking some of those appetizers, if you're not careful, you're going to keep eating, keep eating. And then you're not going to be hungry anymore to eat that dinner that you, that you ordered. I said, let me try to see if I can get something very simple. Um, and I was looking at their menu, which had lots of options. I said, let me get something very simple. Let me just do this burger. And, man, I'll tell you, this burger was mouthwatering. It was grilled to perfection. And then sometimes towards the end of that, you know, they come around, right? And what do they say? Hey, can, can, do you guys want uh, dessert? Normally, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm stuffed. But they bring to the table next to me this huge, beautiful, amazing-looking, epic banana slip. And I said, man, I've got to go on ahead and have that. But I'm going to be honest with you. And I'm sorry that I started with this. I just had to share it. It's probably one of the top five meals that I have ever had in my life. You guys got to go try this place. It's good. It's amazing. Amen? All right. Well, now that I've withheld the name of it, and now that I know that many of you guys, see, I can't tell you because then I can't get a table. Some of you guys are like, man, let's go right after service. You guys interested? I told you about a restaurant that was epic, right? I told you about a restaurant in which I had an amazing experience and that you need to go on ahead and you need to try it yourself, right? Because if it was amazing for me, I believe that it will be amazing for you. And you guys are interested. All right. Well, the truth is, I made it all up. And some of you guys are like, Pastor, you lying up in the altar, man. But again, I want to go back to what happened. I told you a story about something that impacted me, right, and that you have to go on ahead and, and you have to experience it also. 
it impacted me so much that you've got to try it. And as I'm telling you of this experience, of the ambience, of the food, of the dessert, of all this stuff, and you're like, man, I want to go try that too. Because if it was great for him, I believe that it can be great for me. Well, the reality is that that, in essence, is our spiritual discipline for this week. Not the restaurant. But we're halfway through a series like I mentioned, it's called the nine-week challenge about spiritual discipline that God has created and provided for us so that we can grow, so that we can thrive in our relationship with him. Throughout these last few weeks, we've talked about focusing on our identity. We've talked about reading scripture. We've talked about meditating on scripture. We've talked about last week, hospitality. Today, we're going to talk about evangelism. We're going to talk about evangelism, talk about telling other people about Jesus. Today, different things can come to mind, right, when we start hearing that word. You know, I grew up born and raised in the church, Pentecostal church, so when I hear evangelism, I've got some images already in my mind. For some, there are some images of people holding up Jesus save signs in rallies. For some people, when you hear the word evangelism, you think of guys standing on the street corners preaching. Maybe you've been handed a little booklet or you have handed out a little booklet that talks about Jesus. For others, there's a reality that, hey, I've never even heard of that term evangelism. As always, though, as we talk about evangelism, what's important, because some of those things people have good thoughts and experiences with, but some also have some very, very bad. And so as a church, we want to help process how it is that the Bible directs, how it is that the Bible guides us into evangelism. Amen? Let's bow our heads really quick. Father God, we come before you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity in which you have given us today, Father God, to be gathered here, not only to worship, Lord, with one voice, Father, but to listen, God, to listen and to receive what it is that you have for us today. Lord, I pray that you would open up our eyes to see what you want to show us in this message, that you would open up our ears to hear what it is that you want us to hear, and that you would soften up our hearts to receive the word that you have this morning. All of this we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You see, what we're going to see is that evangelism is, is telling your story, listen to this, about Jesus' story. All right. If you're taking notes, I'm going to kind of let you know what I think you should, you should write down. Apologize for the screens. These bulbs still have not arrived, which is driving me crazy. But we're going to see that evangelism is telling your story about Jesus' story and how people need to go on ahead and give him a try. All right. That's a, that's a better kind of definition for us instead of just the word evangelism. We need to realize an important truth. And I have talked to you about this, I have preached this, I have, I have tried to teach you over and over again this important news, this important truth that as followers of Jesus Christ, your calling is just not to sit, that God has called, that Jesus ha has given us each a, 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 a mission, a direction in which we need to take place, and that is that we are charged to share the good news of Jesus. That is the responsibility of someone who calls himself a follower of Christ. That is the responsibility of someone who says, I am a disciple of Jesus. Your responsibility is to share the good news of Jesus. 
one of Jesus' final directives to his followers, he gave this challenge. He gave it to them, and it's found in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 19. And he says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority, say all authority, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make, everyone say make, disciples of all nations. That is the charge that Jesus Christ gave. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. A disciple is someone who follows someone else. Jesus tells them what a disciple is. He says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 through 20, he says, baptizing them, this is the next part of that, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of age. That's Jesus' charge to the church, the charge to his disciples at that time, the charge to you and I today as well. Disciples are those who I, they identify with someone. That's why the first challenge that we talked about was, hey, know your identity. Know who you are in Jesus because disciples are those who identify with someone. Like a wedding ring goes on ahead and tells about a commitment that has changed somebody's life. Baptism is the same thing. Baptism shows how a commitment was made to begin a new life that now is identified with Jesus Christ. Disciples are those who pattern their life after someone. It's not just teaching of just random facts, but it's a way of life. To be a disciple means that, it, that you have a, a new ethic, a new value system that is rooted in Jesus. Jesus tells all his followers, you got to do this. You've got to make disciples. You've got to, to baptize people. You've got to teach people what it is that I have taught you. And why? Because disciples are called to continually be making new disciples. You've heard us say that. Disciple, we want to be a church that, that, that disciples make disciples that make disciples, right? Paul who's one of the authors of the New Testament, he, he reiterates Jesus' call to us. And if you take a note, 2nd book of Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 18 through 20, this is what he says. He says, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors. What are we? Ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Paul is telling the church, hey, you guys are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. An ambassador, listen, he isn't a, a door-to-door salesman. Okay? An ambassador goes to a place. What? What, what, what? what is his main goal? An ambassador's goal is to go to a location, to go to a place, and to be a representative, to represent someone, something. We're official representatives of Jesus and the beautiful life in which he provides. We're ambassadors, the Bible says, Paul says, of reconciliation. We're supposed to go and represent 
Jesus Christ, his reconciliation that he has with this world. Jesus makes a relationship with God possible for people. He makes it possible so that people can know God. Jesus gives forgiveness. He gives peace. He gives purpose. And the reality is that we need to be representatives of this. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, he says, Apostle Paul says, As, as for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Paul tells Timothy to do the work of an evangelist, to do the work of being a good news proclaimer. That's what evangelism is. Evangelism is sharing a message of good news. What's the good news? Well, the good news that, 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 that we have to know and understand as followers of Jesus Christ, that it's good news that Jesus Christ died for our sins. It's good news that Jesus rose from the dead, conquering sin and death. We've got to understand that, that that's good news. It's good news that many saw Jesus alive after he was dead. It's good news that he invites us to become alive in him. It's good news that he loves us, that he wants us, that God has chosen us, that God goes on ahead and, and he pursues us. Man, that is good news. It's good news that he wants to make us new, that he restores us. It's good news that he gives us hope, that he gives us peace, that he gives us joy. It's good news that we are never alone, that we are never without purpose. It's good news that Jesus gives us new life. See, this is good news. And as ambassadors, what is our calling to go and represent this good news wherever we go? Because I don't know about you, but if you look outside the four walls of this building, if you watch news, if you just watch, if you, if you, if you just have your eyes open in this world that we are living in, there's plenty of bad news. There's plenty of depressing news. There's plenty of news that just wants you to, you know, be filled up with anxiety, stay laying down on a couch and never look out your window. But Jesus says, listen, there's good news in me. And you and I have been called to go on ahead and represent that. We have to be able to, 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 to share that story. In the Bible, people told their story to proclaim and to, and to share his story. We see examples in the New Testament. If you're taking notes, and you could, uh, I'll read it right now really quickly, but you could read it and spend some time with it at home. In John chapter 4, verse 27, it says this, listen. So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to everyone, come see. A man told me all I ever did. Can this be the Christ? You see, this woman has a conversation with Jesus that impacts her so much that now she has to run into town and just keep it to herself. She runs into town and she, she goes into her house and she prays, thank you, Lord, for speaking to me, and that's it. No. She runs into town and she tells everyone about it. Come see so not only does he say, listen to what this man said to me, but I want you to experience it too. So come on with me and see what it is that this man has said, what he has done. Could it be that he is the Christ? You've got to be willing to share your story. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. John chapter 9, 
Listen to this one. John chapter 9, verse 24 and 25. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, Rather he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. You see, this, this woman and this man are example. They're examples of, of people who told others, this man, Jesus Christ, he changed me. He changed my life. He knows everything I ever did, and he loves me, and he wants me, and he wants to give me a new life. I used to be like this, but now because of him, now I am like this. These are, this is a brother and a sister who God restored, changed, whatever you want to call it, their lives. And they said, I'm not going to keep my mouth shut. It's like that song. I think it was Rock and Roll or something like that. I forgot his name. He says, I ain't going to let no rock out praise me. I'm going to go on ahead and I'm going to say something. Because someone needs to hear what it is that he's done in my life. Why? Because my story is his story. These people, I want you to know, the people were saved because of this woman and because of this man who went on ahead and proclaimed what Jesus has did. People's lives were now, were, were now given into following Jesus Christ. Uh, but I want you to know something because some of you say, yeah, but I just don't have these eloquent words to share this story. These, this brother and sister did not have a Ph.D. in theology. Okay? They didn't have a, 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 a five-step system for them to go on ahead and follow. They simply told their story of how his story gave them a new life. That's what you got to do, is share your story on how Jesus' story gave you a new life. It's the same for us. Your story needs to be told because his story needs to be told. Romans chapter 10, verse 14 through 15. It says this. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him who they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. You want good feet? Preach the good news. <laughs> but this is, this is a deep passage right here. Because the reality is some of us, we've got friends. We have family members that we love. That we would do anything for. Co-workers maybe that we've known for years. And, man, we, we, we find out they're sick, we're at the doorstep with some food. We find out they're, they're in trouble, we're trying to help them out, you know. But the question is, is are you sharing your story of what Jesus did in your life and how it's changed your story? Because if you're not, then how is the person that you love, as the Bible says, how are they, how are they supposed to believe if they haven't heard of him? How are they supposed to go on ahead and receive or believe in him if no one is sharing that with them? 
And so you don't have to go and have the whole Bible memorized and sit down with those people that you love. But it is a crying shame if you haven't shared your story of what Jesus has did with those people that you love. Because how else? But you're praying that they would change. You're praying that they would come to Jesus. What are you doing to help aid that? You and I, we are a part of God's strategy for people finding out about him. We are part of his strategy. He wants to use you. Because there's no, listen, you can read the word and the word is alive and active, right? We've talked about that. But man, when someone can hear your story and see the change that you have had, man, people are more inclined to listen, just like the illustration I gave you about the restaurant. It's out there. In the same way as this man and this woman, we have to be able to tell our story, church, to proclaim it and to share his story. This is, this is, this is how it is that we make him known. This is how it is that we begin making disciples. Like the other things that we've talked about throughout this series, evangelism it is meant to be a habit, not a just a once-in-a-while type thing, not just oh, when, when I feel like it. No, it needs to be a habit, that this is something that you're constantly doing. So how do you tell your story to proclaim and to share his story? Well, first of all, I want to let you know one thing. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Is This is the very first thing, and you don't really have to be super knowledgeable here, but understand that how you live, everyone say how I live, tells or distorts God's story. How you live tells or distorts his story. How you live will tell people about Jesus in a positive or in a negative way. I have had countless conversations with people, and some of the things that sometimes hurt my heart is when I hear people that are not involved in the church, the people that are not actively in a relationship with Jesus, when they when they talk about the church, when they talk about Christ followers, like in, a like in a negative way because they had negative experiences. And you know what? Some of those things, sometimes, I can't say all of them are, you know, sometimes, you know, we perceive things or sometimes we're just a certain way. So we look at everything like, you know, the glass half uh, empty. But the reality is that sometimes as followers of Jesus Christ that we proclaim ourselves to be, sometimes we do not set the best example of what a follower of Jesus Christ ought to look like. We don't. We fail at that many times. But we have to know that and understand that how we live tells a story. Now, I'm not saying you've got to be perfect because no one is. We make mistakes. But even the way you come back, even, though, even the way you rebound after making a mistake and how you communicate that with others, Man, does that speak volumes? When you, the way you live, it, it tells his story, like I said, or it distorts his story. Yes, we, we do need to be intentionally sharing about Jesus, and we're going to get to that in a moment, but we cannot miss this opportunity of how our lives proclaim his. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16, it says this. It says, Jesus makes this really clear. Ready? He says, and you hear me say this at the end when I'm always getting ready to dismiss you. He says, you are the salt 
of the earth. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus is saying this, listen, the way you act, the things that you do, the people that don't know me are looking at. And, and the reality is that some of them are going to be attracted to me because they see that you are doing what I have called you to do. Jesus tells them, you're the light of the world. You're the, you're, you're, you're the salt of this earth. Let your light shine. We are to be what? We're, we're ambassadors. We're representatives of Jesus Christ. We haven't been called to blend in. We've been called to stand out. We ought to be like a, a mirror that is nice and clean, that is reflecting the light of Jesus Christ into this dark world. Jesus says, come on, let the world see your, the light in your life so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So step number one in kind of evangelizing, it, it, it really even doesn't have much to do with your head knowledge of the Word of God, although I hope that you're putting in this, you know, the, the, the challenge number two and number three into work, right, which is meditating on the Word of God, understanding the importance of the Word of God. You need to do that. But the first thing that you have to do to reflect that, to, to really be evangelizing is, man, is how you live your life. People experience God in how they experience us. And I don't know about you, but that's, there's, you know, that's kind of uh, knee-jerking a little bit. It's a little scary to know that, man, it's a lot of, uh, maybe my friends or, or, or coworkers, whoever it is that I'm trying to, man, that I would love to see following Jesus Christ. A lot of it is dependent also on, on me and how it is that I walk in this, in this walk through this earth, how I comport myself. Because people experience God and how they experience us. You've heard it said before that sometimes the, you know, the, 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 the closest version of Jesus or the only Jesus that people are going to see out in the world are, are kind of us. That, that's, what makes, that, that's what it means to be the salt and the light. We bring the taste and the brightness to a bland and to a dark world, a dark culture. How we go about our lives should be a living show and a tell of the life of Jesus Christ. We should be forgiven, right? We shouldn't hold grudges. We should be willing, you know, to, to, to run and help the people that are in need. We should be careful on how we speak, on how we think, on how we look at different topics. Not be fire starters in that regard. be people that kind of give people the benefit of the doubt instead of, you know, marking them as, no, they're bad right off the bat. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 through 6, it says, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each let how you talk, the Bible is saying right here, let how you talk be gracious. When? Sometimes? No. 
Let how you talk be gracious always, always. There is never a moment when how we talk to people and about people should not be gracious. In our modern day of age, if, if you've ever said, said maybe in front of someone or, or maybe as many of us do post on social media, something along the lines of, hey, man, that, that's, that's, you know, in political terms, right, this, this stupid conservatives or stupid liberals or, or man, you know, just, just bad-mouthing something or this group is ridiculous, or the people that think like this, you're, you're, you're ridiculous, or you use derogatory language about others that are maybe different than you. Know that, know that if that's you, then you're in sin. That you're in sin because of your speech. And you need to go before God, and you need to ask him that he would forgive you of that, to give you a heart like his for people, and that your life would match it. Because how we live, directly impacts the story, our story, to how people perceive Jesus. The second thing I want you to know if you're taking notes is that we must intentionally tell his story. We must intentionally tell his story. If you are following Jesus, if you are calling yourself a follower of Jesus today, this morning, then you have a story to tell. You have what is called a testimony. Like the woman and the, and the man that I mentioned earlier, you have a story about how Jesus changed your life. You know, I, I, I've been able to be privileged enough to sit with some of you guys and, and hear those stories. I've been privileged as, as a pastor here to, to see some of these stories and how it is that they have developed. Here's the other thing. If all we do is complain about how different other followers of Jesus are distorting his stories, but we're never sharing our own stories ourselves, then the issue is kind of, you know, we're kind of part of the problem. There's enough of that negative stuff. Man, let's pop out some of that positive. Let's share our stories. We must proclaim the truth of Jesus. One of the best ways to start developing this habit is to, to be prepared to tell your story. Be prepared that if someone walked up to you and said, man, what's your story? And you can go on ahead and let them know. Like, like you know it off the back of your head. The reality is that we'll struggle to tell our story. We'll, we'll struggle to tell our testimony if we don't think through it on how it is that we, we should be telling it. We need to write out how you would tell your story about him. Write it out. We're going to get to the challenge very shortly here. But one, one great example of this, if you're taking notes, write this down. I want you to then go home and read it. And it's going to, I believe, help you to develop that, to write that out. But in Galatians chapter 1, Galatians chapter 1, Paul, right here, I'll just give you a little background. He's pretty, he's pretty, he's pretty ticked off when he's writing this. He's a little upset because he, he's having to correct the church on their abandonment of the gospel. But in confronting them about the truth of Jesus' gospel, you know what he does? In confronting them about the truth of Jesus' gospel, he shares his own story. He shares his past before Jesus. So if you're taking notes, Galatians chapter 1, verses 11 through 14, what he does right here, and I want you to do this when you're writing this out, when you're going to write your own story. Number one, the, the number one thing you want to do and you want to write down is, is share your past before Jesus. Share how your life was before 
you need Jesus. Write that down. This is homework. This is your challenge for this week. And when you go home today or tomorrow at some point, remember, don't wait. Wednesday, Thursday, you're going to forget about it. When you read Galatians chapter 1, verses 11 through 14, you're going to see Paul sharing his past before he knew Jesus. And that's what we need to do. That's the first thing we need to do when we're developing our story. Why? We know the story, but sometimes you've got to write it down. Write it down, read it, memorize it so you're ready to share it instantly. The second thing that he does is he shares how he encountered Jesus. And that, if you're taking notes, Galatians chapter 1, verse 15 through 16, and also chapter 2, verse 20. All right? So first he shares his past before Jesus. So when you're developing your story, that's what you're going to do. The second thing that you're going to do, as we see Paul, uh, what he does here, is you're going to share how you encountered Jesus. How is it that you came to Jesus? All right? It could be a couple sentences. This is who I was before I met him, and this is how it is that I met him. I was invited to a potluck. I was invited to a small group. I was, I was, you know, I just went to a service. Or you know what? My life was tore up, and I said I needed something, so I said, let me try Jesus. Whatever the case is, write that down and get to the specifics because people want to hear that. All right, the third thing that Paul does is he shares how Jesus changed him. So not only does he share how he encountered Jesus, but now he goes in a little deeper and says, this is how Jesus changed me. And you'll find that in Galatians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. All right, he's giving you some good stuff right here to develop your story. I hope, I hope you're paying attention. What does that look like in your own life? As you're reading this at home, I want you to think about that, all right? I want you to go on ahead and do that. That's your challenge this week. And I had, uh, I had a handout that I wanted to give you guys, but I was unable to, to, to get that printed to work. Um, but do this. If you're taking notes, just write before, right, reborn, and since, all right? Before, what was life before you put your life before you put your faith in Jesus Christ, all right? And for reborn, what happened when you put your faith in Jesus and were reborn as his child? And the since, how has your life been different since you began following Jesus? Those are simple questions that are going to make you think a little bit, but it's your story. It's your story. You've lived it. You've experienced it. And I get it. Some of our stories are great. Some of us have a couple chapters, you know, because there was, uh, yeah, before Reborn Since, and then, you know, we kind of you know, went backwards a little bit, and we had to do the, again the before Reborn Since. But listen, it's all a part of your story. It's all a part of your story. People need to hear it. People need to hear it. People need, you, they need to hear your testimony because that, listen, I, I, more people can get baptized and receive Jesus Christ by listening to your story than just hearing me preach a sermon for 45 minutes. Because stories are impacts. Stories keep us in it. You know, we're seeing illustrations just like I, I saw all your eyes in the beginning of the sermon when I started talking about this restaurant that we all got to try. You guys were all intrigued. I could have said, I could have dropped a, a name of any restaurant and you guys would have eventually checked it out or flocked over. 
You can get people in the midst of these stories, of your life story, so in tune, receiving it and looking at it and saying, man, I want to try it. I want to try it. In John chapter 4, verse 39, it says, Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. Think about how Jesus changed your life and the story that you have because of him. And now think about, like I've been telling you already, think about your friends. Think about Think about your coworkers. Think about your family member. Think about your neighbor. Imagine them discovering and finding life with Jesus Christ because of your story. Colossians chapter 4, verse 3 through 4 says, at the same time, listen to this, because it's not just about developing your story, being prepared, and being ready for it. But we also need to be trained for opportunities to share it. Because, listen, you can go to, to someone there in the corner and, and, and start talking to them about, about your story right away. And okay, that was nice. But when you start praying and you start saying, God, can you lead, lead me to someone to share this, then, then that's going to be a, a, a divine connection that those ears are going to be opened up, that the, the, that the moment, the time, the season for that person to listen to the story is going to be right there and ready and listening, that's when your story is going to de definitely begin to, 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 to really dig deep into them. And we see it here, Colossians chapter 4, verse 3. It says, at the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. God provided an opportunity for me to share my story, and Lord, help me make it clear so they can really receive what it is that I'm trying to tell them about. But how do you make it clear? You don't think about it. You just blab it all out. The Holy Spirit may guide you, and it may be powerful. But the reality is if you want your story to be clear, write it out. Write it out. Read it. Read it every day. Read it once a week. Whatever the case is, read it. Memorize it. Say it. So that when you do speak it, so that when God does give you the opportunity to share that story, it will be clear. We need to write our story, church. But we also need to pray for opportunities to share it. We need to ask God for a chance to share about his love. We need to ask God to show you ways that you can be the salt, ways that you can be the light of this world. Amen? So I hope I'm going to have some authors here today at some point this week. That's our challenge. Our challenge is that you would write, that you would write your story, that you would memorize your story, and that at any moment when God provides the opportunity, because we'll be praying for that opportunity, that we will be able to share it. There are people here, maybe some of you here today, maybe some of you who are listening online, that you're here today because someone shared their story. Maybe, maybe not even just shared their story, but because you saw from a distance somebody's story. You saw the change. You saw the transformation. And you said, you know what? I think I'll check that out. And years later, here you are, serving God, worshiping God, and hopefully being that same example to someone. Because you don't know who's watching. You don't know who's watching. Make sure that we're being who we've been called to be, the salt of the world, the salt of the earth, the light of this world. I'm going to ask that we all stand.
close your eyes right where you're at, and I just want to—I want to pray for you. I want to set you up and get your hearts right. And Father God, we come before you and we just thank you for this moment. We thank you for this opportunity that you've given us today. We thank you for your word, simple word, a simple word, Father God, Lord, that we know, Lord, what it is that you've done in our lives. We know, Father, how you have transformed us. You know where it is that you found us. Some of us in a hopeless state, in a, in a, in a place in which we saw no light. But, Father, you found us. You met us where we were at. You extended your hand. You lifted us up, Father God. You gave us a new life. You gave us a new purpose, Father God. And, Father, Lord, may we know and may we understand that as being a disciple, being your followers, Lord, that one of the, uh, one of the, the disciplines that we need to place in our daily lives is, is, is really our, is sharing our testimony. It's evangelism. It's, it's, it's going to people and sharing the good news, the good news of what you've done in our lives, the good news, Father God, of how it is that we are now found new in you, Jesus Christ. Let us share that. The world needs to know that. There are people right now that they feel like they're hopeless. They've got nothing left, Father God. Let us be that light to them, Lord, that they would know, Lord, that there are second chances, Lord, that you are a God who is in the business of rewriting stories, God. Father, Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we worship you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that as we sit down rather tonight this, or sometime this week and we start reflecting over, over our story, Lord, that you would even remind us of, of, of little details that we forgot and that we would write them down. Lord, when the enemy comes to try to distract us and keep us from doing that, Lord, Lord, that we would go out ahead, Father God, and stand firm in you and say, no, this is my story. Lord, that they would write it out, that they would memorize it, Father God, that they would tell it, Lord Jesus Christ, and that they, that they would pray. I pray right now for the opportunity to arise for each and every single person here today, Lord, to be able to share this word, Father God, to share their life, to share what it is that you've done with people that desperately need to hear a good word. People that need to hear good news, Lord. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And we worship you, Father. We pray, Lord, as we get ready to dismiss, Lord, that you would watch over us, that you would watch over your church. Lord, you know the plans that, that we all have in our minds for today and for this next week as the work week starts, school week starts, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would be with us, that you would watch over your flock, God. I pray, Lord, that though no matter where we go, we talked about today, Lord, that we will remember who it is that we are. That we will remember who our, what, who, what our true identity is, God. That you've called us to be the light of the world. You've called us to be the salt of this earth. That you did not call us to blend in, but you've called us to stand out, Father God. Let us reflect your love to this world, Jesus Christ. Church, I leave you with this blessing that we find in the Old Testament. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you all. May the Lord be gracious unto you. And may the Lord give you his peace that surpasses all understanding. In Jesus' holy, mighty name, the church of God says, amen. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. You are dismissed.